0: If we go over this outline, these books, and discuss amongst one another and in good company regularly, we preoccupy ourselves like this in all of our spare time. If we have work to do and other uh, responsibilities, then we should find time. There should be our fun time. This is where you spend your extra money on these things. Then in time, we'll find, by going over the outline, table of contents even it is all these books of the book of life we find there's a page in that book of life and that our story is told on there our story is on that page we have a life in the world in the world of the living actually it's now dormant but this is how it comes to life again we mentioned this earlier Krishna Prem Nityasiddha Saddha Kabunai Krishna Prem is eternally existing. It's not a product. It's a haituki. It's not caused by anything that we can do, our practice, bonai. It's not bonai. It's not an event in time. It's eternally existing in the heart, in a potential state. And srabanadi sudhachite kore udai. This is what I mean. By srabanadi, means hearing, etc. Hearing, chanting, remembering about Krishna. What happens? Sutta Consciousness becomes pure. And then that page appears. Kare udai. It awakens in your heart. And you know this is my life. This is what I do. This is me. So that is a high ideal. That is how we seek that. And this is the method. We should know what the goal is and we should know where we are. It's like, you know, you go to the mall and it says, You are here. <laughs> and that, then you have to go there. It's long and this, as they say, and winding road to his door. Krishna speaking here in the third chapter of the Gita. It says, A person who sits, restraining his working senses, while contemplating sense objects deludes himself when he's called a hypocrite strong statement Krishna here is the context of course as Krishna is speaking to Arjuna, advocating as he said earlier in the text that you're not qualified at this time for anything other than nishkam karma yoga to do your your duty we all have some duties and to give it a spiritual color to do it in such a way that you become free from it over time and mystic insight knowledge awakens in your heart and thus you become qualified to what to speak of your duty move away from anything and everything that won't be conducive to inner life contemplation which will qualify you for serious sadhana, spiritual practice, dhyana and so forth. This is the progression, of course, that Krishna takes Arjuna through, only to say that bhakti is the best thing in all of these things that you can get from nishkam Karma Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, Karma Sannyasa Yoga, Dhyan Yoga, all these things are in bhakti. And therefore... If you really do bhakti, you should look to see that all these things are coming in you. Don't look for gopi Pav to come in you. Look to see that you're becoming detached <laughs> from the fruits of your work. This is real. This is a big thing. Look to see that the heart of the whole affair is in place. What is the heart of yoga? Selflessness. Self-giving. In the beginning, we give the things that we're attached to because they are, they are us. And we've identified with them. They are us. We give some of those things, we give our money, we give some of our time, and so on. And we hear and chant, because we are qualified for bhakti, because we have faith in Krishna that that has been awakened in us, but we are in different stages of bhakti, so we should live responsibly, cultivate some type of balanced psychology, sattva, sattva sattva-guna. from our work, most of us are working in the world and so forth. We should give something for Krishna conscious propaganda. That means for our own well-being, for more hearing and chanting, that the uh, Swami can come and talk and it costs money, you know. <laughs> the temple can be built, the book can be published and so forth, all these kind of things. And by giving to that and helping to be involved in that, then we're we're involved in that, we, we go where our money goes, you know. We follow that and see how it's spent that's dear to us, that kind of thing it's very practical and um in time, we may be in a position to do only Krishna's work because we've given certain things that have been removed from our hearts and we've gained we've gained understanding knowledge certain things we've been able to leave aside, and then we can be engaged only in Krishna's work, planning Tulsi, worshiping the deity, writing the book, these type of things serious serious culture of such then some inner life starts to come also and we can find that we can sit and chant and remember and then while we do kirtan to get to that arriving there we can get up and do big bigger kirtan this is a teaching of bhakti siddhamsarastri takara and our guru big kirtan kirtan is in the beginning kirtan is in the end kirtan for purifying our hearts and kirtan As a result of a purified heart, that will purify so many hearts. That kind of kirtan, that will have great effect, potency. So, here Arjuna is is going through this gradual development. It's pertinent to us, even though we're devotees, because as I say, we should see that in our devotion, these stages that are a result of Miskam Karma Yoga, Gyan Yoga that are they're coming within us because that's all part of bhakti we shouldn't go and become a Karma Yogi or a Gyan Yoga we should be a devotee but we're a certain kind of devotee relative to our level of faith and understanding and so on and you should know whatever position you're in it is glorious if you apply yourself appropriately for making progress in that situation this is what Krishna is saying don't try to be something that you're not We can talk about the highest ideal and we have a very high ideal in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Really, theologically, it dwarfs all of the theological conceptions. We can say that with some objectivity. Of course, it is our subjective experience, but we feel that there's a good objective argument for it. (laughs) That's a funny way to say it, but we feel objectively about it. Um, But it's very high. And we live in a, we live in a, it's not exclusive to us, but we, this problem that I'm going to, that I'm mentioning, but we we live in a culture that we might say could foster it that much more. We live in a credit card culture, so we're accustomed to getting things that we don't have the money for right now. And sometimes it becomes a problem that we got too many things and we don't have the money and then, you know, you go bankrupt and... You have to cut up your cards, and you don't have a life of your own. You're just paying for the things you bought that are now broken and old and <laughs> useless and, and so forth. So it's a kind of a greed economy that we live in. I think our we study the history our economy, capitalistic economy, is based on the principle of greed. I'm not really advocating anything different, but that is where we live to a large extent. Well, I am advocating something different, really, but not another political ideology, only a spiritual ideology, an ideology of giving, that by giving you will get. This makes sense. This is what makes the world go around. But we live in a credit card culture, so we're kind of accustomed to getting something even though we don't have the money to pay for it. So when a wonderful spiritual ideal comes in, it's very high, and by understanding the theory, you can speak about it in such a way that you can turn other people's heads even and so forth, and... And all it's uh, easy to feel that you've gone somewhere, merely by collecting some information that others don't have and repeating it. People make you feel like you're someone you may not have gone anywhere. And it's also easy to uh, well, it's a, there's a tendency, I should say, to want to have the thing, the highest ideal, because you've understood it somewhat intellectually, somewhat, and you think you've understood it completely intellectually and you want to have it and you don't really have the the power the capital at this point you need a company of the bigger capitalist than yourself you're in the venture but you're really over your head you have to call in another capitalist who has bigger capital and in his company her company and their association you can proceed but sometimes we tend to want the highest thing and talk about it even though we're not qualified to so this is a problem in Gaudiya Vaishnavism it's a perennial problem and it'll always be a problem I believe because it is such a high ideology but maybe we're even a little more prone to it living as we do as I say in a credit card society so we should be careful about that Krishna's cautioning us about that here he said don't be a hypocrite know the goal and we should know the goal we should know it thoroughly as thoroughly as possible we should Understand the theory of Krishna consciousness. We have so many books about that. We shouldn't think that simply by collecting theoretical knowledge that we've gone anywhere. Only as much as the theoretical knowledge that we correct fuels our practice will our lives actually change and will we make spiritual progress. So don't just collect that knowledge in your head, let it go into your heart so that it mandates action and we start to change. And we should look for change in increments even in our human, everyday human dealings, that we are less selfish, more kind, more giving, that our hearts have become softer, softer, but based on something very serious, higher understanding, higher knowledge, based on knowing that I must change and taking the steps to do so. That will be very compelling. As we spoke a little last night, all the devotees want to know how to spread Krishna consciousness. My idea is why don't you try becoming Krishna conscious? More than you ever have before. That might be a good idea good start. Hmm? As Prabhupada said, we should we should boil the milk at some point. Let the overflow be the preaching. It's not a hard thing. We should use our intelligence to be thoughtful how to present. And preach and so forth but not not at the cost of our our practice and then we should intensify our practice over time over years and our theoretical understanding we should we should develop it and that should fuel and intensify our our practice Hmm? so you try all of you as my humble suggestion to become Krishna conscious now and how you do that in good company, understand where you really are on the map, and then how to apply yourself in that situation don 't worry what the sannyasi does, and he 'll talk about it. We should be like this, we should be like that and or or whomever an advanced devotee doesn 't have to be a sannyasi. We should be like this we should be like this. those are the ideals they 're supposed to talk about that ideal we 're supposed to figure that out, and if we don 't we can 't with good help, we should ask and then apply ourselves there. Hmm? That will call our progress. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has said a nice thing in quote, quoting Bhagavatam, 11th Canto. He says a true beauty is knowing your, knowing your place and acting accordingly. That will be beautiful. Don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to be a gopi or whatever. Hmm? Or as Prabhupada used to say, don't try to be a great devotee, just try to be a good devotee. That's a valuable thing. Everything will come. You This is a, the motto of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi mission. Prabhupada put it in simple words. A couple of ways to talk about it. We talked about it the other day, work now, Samadhi later. Another way he used to say it was, don't try to see God, but act in such a way that God will want to see you. Pujala Rāgapata Gaurava Bhanga Matalaharijanikitananangi Pujala the ideal of uh, the ragopatha the Vrindavan Marg, that kind of bhakti, that is very high and then we hold that over our heads and we'll act in this way, appropriate to our situation in kīrtan and becoming really absorbed in that, hearing and chanting, so that will of its own accord come to us. The Shakti is not blind, you know. Hmm? They will take notice of us and automatically uh, allow us within their company Krishna's entourage so we can't go there with our shoes on we should apply ourselves appropriately according to our situation and that's true beauty that will be very charming and we'll call our progress that's how we'll go to the next step so Krishna tells Arjuna don't be a hypocrite Mahaprabhu we have to talk about if we're going to go from here to Krishna Leela First, we have to speak something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila, because Mahaprabhu's lila is the way to, to Krishna lila. Mahaprabhu taught this very nice idea that what? One should teach by his or her example. Apani bhakti sikai nusravari. He said, yad yad acarati sreshta sattar rojana seyat parmanam gita. Mahaprabhu quoted this. This very much characterizes Mahaprabhu's Acharya Leela. Acharya means Mahaprabhu took sannyas. He traveled and he preached. He took the role of a teacher and he sought to teach by his example. He said, this is the best teaching. Mahaprabhu is the acharya of our sampradaya in the language of Jiva Goswami in his Sarva Samvadini. He said, oh, Mahaprabhu is that Chaitanya David is the founder of his own sampradaya Okay. Hmm. So, he's his sampradaya in one sense. He's the acharya of that. But he only wrote one poem. Acharya, Prabhupada himself said, is characterized principally by writing books. Advanced devotees, he used to say, they will write the books. And opening the temples is for the neophytes. And again, that's important because there are a lot of neophytes. <laughs> and it's important for advanced devotees too. They like to go to the temples. So we, we shouldn't think, I'll write books and I'll be an advanced devotee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a kanishad I'll just be a Madhya you No, there's a way to do that. There's a process, there's a system. So Mahaprabhu, he didn't write books. He didn't write a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra and like Ramanuja, Madhva, so many commentaries. He wrote one poem only of eight stanzas. And his preaching was very, very simple. He converted Saravoma Bhattacharya by remaining silent. Bhattacharya tried to educate him in Vedanta. He spoke for some time. just sat quietly, just by sitting quietly saying nothing. But the charger became nervous. <laughs> what is he thinking? What is his understanding? And he became curious. This way Mahaprabhu created some Sukriti in the heart of Sarvabama. Then of course he converted him, but by silence. Oh, how did he convert the the uh, charge of the Ramanuja Sampadaya? This Venkata uh, was the was the head pujari for in Sri Rangam. Mahaprabhu stayed with him. How did he convert him? By joking with him. He made jokes. Why, if Lakshmi is the husband of Narayan, why is she going with Krishna, another man? <laughs> 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 he says he's, he's kind of joke. Oh, and that uh, Vankatabhatta he was perplexed by that. Only you can answer such a. He said, well, he gave an answer actually according to Siddhanta, Krishna and, uh, and Narayan are the same. I said, yes, very good. Then why is it that when she wanted to go with Krishna, she couldn't? Oh, that bewildered him. He said, only you can, only someone who could ask the question could know the answer to that. But by joking he converted him. Hmm? And Prakashananda Saraswati, in Banaras, the big Maya body, he converted him by ignoring him. He ignored him. He came to Banaras on his way to Vrindavan, ignored him came back ignored him and this created some curiosity and what is it then he finally came he sat Of course he looked very effulgent but by then all that ignoring he thought he was a very important person Prakashanama Saraswati and this was a renegade sannyasi a false sannyasi he called him a hypocrite singing and dancing with fanatics like himself this is not sannyas. Sannyasa is to sit and study Vedanta. But Mahaprabhu just ignored him and went on with his ecstatic dancing and chanting. Every criticism of Prakasananda rendered to Mahaprabhu, we accept it. Yes, he's not a real sannyasi. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's all a farce. He's Radha and Krishna. Hmm? <laughs> uh, he's mad. yes, he's a madman. Mad with Krishna praying so. Anyway, this way Mahaprabhu preached very simply. He converted the Shaivites. He said, the argument came to him who's superior, Vishnu or Shiva? He said, well, I, I don't know, but uh, Shiva takes the foot wash of Krishna on his head, so maybe, maybe Vishnu is superior. Mm. <laughs> that foot washes the Gandhis. But he's our charger. So how is he a charger? By his example, primarily. This was his emphasis. He said, we should teach by our example. That has power. So we are his followers. So if we are to teach, if we are to preach, if we are to convert others, it will be by our example first and foremost. And the fact of the matter is that we have a very good theology and theory, and we can often present it quite well, but our example hasn't been that good. And therefore, as many people as we might like are not involved or finding Godi Vaishnavism to be relevant. Hmm? So the onus is upon us. To be better example, how we be better example? To practice, to come together for real, serious hearing and chanting. These kind of nice, simple gatherings. Talk about these things and let it go. I say, I say, don't just collect information. Let it go into your heart. I try to speak to you from my own heart, and I, of course, speak logically as logically as I can, and and speak from the scriptures and so forth. And you will listen. And I'm a bit of a, you know, a bit of an outsider in some respects. Of a, you don't know where he's been the last 18 years, <laughs> but what he's, what he does, what he's been up to. So you may be a little cautious, some of you, and I uh, respect that. So you may listen a little with your head, if it makes sense, and if it's prabhupada esque and so forth, then you may let it go into your heart. But I'm speaking from my heart, and I haven't been wasting my time for the last 18 years. <laughs> and I haven't forgot my Gurudev. That's the last of things that I would do. So, uh, while I speak logically, even if you don't let it go to your heart, because you don't know if you agree with that, I'm. there's some background to my logic also, some feeling. It will go to you, and you'll be affected to some extent. That will be good for you. It will be good for me if that happens. <laughs> you practice more. You'll be a better devotee. Krishna will bless me. Prabhupada will bless me. This is the service that Prabhupada wanted me to do and all of his uh, sannyasis in particular, that's why he instituted the sannyasa ashram, that they would go to the temples, gatherings, homes and whatnot, and see to the purity of the movement. They would be involved with that, seeing that the devotees are hearing and chanting and understanding, and maintaining the purity of practice, because purity, what is that? That is the force in Prabhupada's language. so. So we should be pure, we shouldn't be a hypocrite, we should teach by our example. Mahaprabhu taught that, he was a perfect example. His acharya Leela teaches us how to practice both in rudimentary stages and in advanced stages. Now, while we're speaking about not being a hypocrite, to take the demon out of us, so to speak. You know the neophyte devotee thinks that everyone's a demon, or every devotee is just not quite there. Hmm? except for me but the superlative devotee he thinks just the opposite everyone is there and I'm the only demon so when we speak of a hypocrite we think the hypocrite in us that's the demon in us this takes us then to Krishna Leela who represented the hypocrite in Krishna Leela following the Janmastan, the Janma of Krishna the birth of Krishna then we come to the, the yoga mayas discussion with cancer cancer backs off from uh, his plan to kill the, any more children but he has bad counsel bad association Shall I go on mm-hmm. bad association so in bad company then he gets dragged down he's prone to it and he keeps that kind of association so he's told he's counseled by all his underlings, all who were under his control, actually, uh, all so many demons. They were all Kama Rupadhara, Bhagavatam says. They had power to change their form mystically. So they counseled him We should never trust the demigods. Look, we'll just see. They're the ones that predicted that the eighth child of Devaki would kill you, and the eighth, the eighth son, but it was a daughter. You can't trust them. Hmm? So rather than feel that we're safe, this only underscores the fact that we should not trust them and we should be on our toes, alert. So the best defense is a good offense. Let us make an offense. What shall we do? We'll go to the villages, all surrounding, and we'll kill every child that's born in the last ten days. Because who knows? After all, that daughter, parent-daughter of Devaki, said that the child is already born who will bring about your demise <coughs> so let's go and find that child so they got enthusiastic for that having their their counsel and meanwhile in, in Vrindavan Nanda Maharaj was there and uh, as I mentioned briefly last night one messenger came Goswami has envisioned it like this in his Gopal Champu one messenger came by night swimming across the Jamuna. such was the administration of Kangsa, he had to escape at night to bring a message. He was bringing a message from Vasudev to Nanda Maharaj. And Vasudev was, of course, concerned that whom he thought to be his child, Krishna, who, as we talked about briefly the last night, was actually Nanda Maharaj's son, Krishna, that he was safe. So he sent a message to Vasudev and He had been released from the prison temporarily. Why don't you come? to Madura and, and visit with me, and uh, this is the situation, that eighth child, was a daughter, she did this, it was very wonderful. So Nandamaraj thought, yes, this is wise, I should go. Mm-hmm. Nandamaraj and Vasudeva are relatives, distant relatives, kind of like brothers in a, in a way. They had the same grandfather, who married a Kshatriya lady and a Vaishya lady. And, of course, Nandamaraj born from the Vaishya, and... and he had two sons, I should say. His grandpa had two sons, and they one married a Chetriya, one married a Vaisha, something like that. Different charges are spoken about in different ways. But anyway, they were related, and evidence is there in the words of the Bhagavatam. So he wanted to go, and he thought, uh, I'll pay the taxes, too, to the king. I'll give him a lot of taxes, and he won't be be happy with me, he won't worry about me. And, um, and he advised his intimates, Upananda, Nanda Sunanda, all his brothers and so forth to take care of the child Krishna, protect him in every way. He pried himself away from his son and went to Mathura. He paid the taxes. The ignored him. He met with Vasudeva and they had a discussion. And Vasudeva was making a kind of a, some inquiries without revealing the fact that he had gone at the night and taken... a son Krishna and exchanged him for the daughter and and so forth so Nanda Maharaj was in in Mathura and as he was about to leave Vasudev warned him said be very careful in fact um, he cautioned that there could be difficulty in Gokul there could be problems there he had some insight conscious having these meetings so Vasudeva Nanda was just, a, was just a country bumpkin you know he was just a village fellow <laughs> <coughs> and uh, he, Vasudev was a sophisticated Kshatriya from the city so he Nanda Maharaj thought oh Vasudev has some mystic knowledge he's predicting something might happen he actually knew because he was politically astute and he had he heard what was going on um, so anyway Nanda Maharaj went back and when he returned what did he find? when he returned to Vrindavan he found the body of Putana Oh, Putana is, uh, is the personification of hypocrisy we should be avoided that in all respects he found the body of Putana having been slain by child Krishna she came she was a kind of a a witch I'm sorry you have to go and I couldn't answer your question come again (laughs) some charges say she was a bird some kind of flying species like some kind of a witch probably said she could ride on a broom a certain type of witch and she, like the others had the capacity to change her form so she changed the form into a beautiful woman like a goddess and came into brindavan and coming into Okul, she came and uh, she was so beautiful and seemed to have such good intentions for the young child Krishna that everyone let her in. Even though they had been advised by Nandamarsh to guard the child very carefully. So actually, Yogamaya is also involved in this. Without Yogamaya's influence, she would not have made it in on her charm alone. She was, after all, a hypocrite. She was not what she appeared to be. She was something very different. She appeared to be one thing. She had a very different idea in mind. So we should be careful not to be a hypocrite. In the language of Thakur Bhaktivinoda, what did he say? Chela, Don't be disciple of Kali Yuga. Of Kali. Simply wearing the neckbeads and the, the dhoti and tilak, but he's disciple of Kali Yuga. Don't be like that. We should wear neckbeads and the dhoti and all things. Well, you may, may, you may, may not. Of course, Bhaktivinoda considered it Anukul with regard to Sharanagati. Sharanagati means surrender. And what is Anukul in particular that is relevant for the sadhaka in sadhana bhakti? It's sixfold, this Sharanagati. So two aspects apply to sadhana bhakti, and incrementally uh, those two and two more pertain largely to bhava bhakti, and those four and two more to. So we should be very concerned with what is anukul and what is particular, what is favorable, what is unfavorable. By that applying that you see we can transcend the dualities of our mind. What we think is good, what we think is bad, what we think is happy, what we think is sad will be transcended by embracing what is favorable for Krishna's service and rejecting what is unfavorable for Krishna service. The full sense of this anukul particular that will bring you to the spiritual platform the basic spiritual platform see where we are and where we have to go. He said, this kind of devotional dress to come to the temple like this, that is uncool, that is favorable. The word the tilak, tilak is mentioned also in Bhakti Dasamrita Sindhu. There is some relativity to it also, Obviously. Our spiritual life is not dependent upon what we dress. We can, there's no hard and fast rules for chanting Hare Krishna. And sometimes we think, oh, we may not appear relevant. We dress in a funny way and maybe we should change. There may be some reasoning that we could... I can't
1: really wear a tilak to work. I yeah. can't. I don't think I could. I could try it, but yeah. I may not have a job very long.
0: I don't think it's a good idea. And a and, mm. I don't think you know. it's a good idea. But then again, we don't only work. And here you are tonight, beautifully attired with a sari and tilak.
1: But possibly, I could get away with it, possibly.
0: I don't recommend it.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: recommend it. And I don't think that, again, we have to spread Krishna consciousness by our example, such that people will inquire about us, why are you the way you are? Not why do you dress like that? But why are you the way you are? Not why do you wear those kind of clothes? Why do you put that paint on your forehead? But there is a place for putting the paint, the tea log And when we worship the deity, at least, when we come to the temple, when we are amongst ourselves, there may be other instances too in the public where someone goes in the context of preaching and so forth. It may be useful. But we shouldn't just wear the dress. The real ornaments of the Vaishnavas are Titikshiva Karunika, Suhila Savabhutanam, Ajata Shatavo Shantushadavo Sadhubhushanam. This is the Bhushanam, this ornament of the devotee, tolerance. titikshva, Karunika, compassion seeing no one as enemy. And this is very relevant to our discussion about Putana, She came dressed like a friend but with the heart of an enemy. How did Krishna receive her? He could see her dress. She dressed like a devotee. He liked that. <laughs> She's dressed like a devotee. Very nice. <laughs> he liked that. But he also saw her heart. And what did he do? He closed his eyes then. He closed his eyes when he saw her heart. He didn't like that. And it also means, to some extent, Krishna, Svayam Bhagavan Krishna, Braj Krishna. Oh, you see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that Braj Krishna. And Braj Krishna is so much influenced by Radha. Mahaprabhu is that same Braj Krishna in the mood of Radha. He doesn't really find any faults. tends to close his eyes to the faults. Focus on the good only. Hmm? The only good she had was she was dressed like a devotee. So even that has some, some value. Mm-hmm. Hmm? But he accepted hmm. her service, right, as mother. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <coughs> he accepted, well, she had one intention, hmm? right. to poison him. But he accepted, oh, she's dressed like a devotee, she's going to give me her breast milk, that's motherly, that's affectionate, that I live by affection, I am affection, personified. Mm-hmm. Uh, like attracts like this way and then of course he sucked out our life press but we are told we are taught theologically that the Vishnu inside of him killed Putana so Vishnu he uh, this aspect of Krishna establishes the Dharma like Mahabrabhu in Yuga Dharma Sankirtan Advaita called him for this purpose Sankirtan for the Yuga Dharma. He had another purpose as well, relative to his being not only the Yuga Abhuta but Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, and in the mood of Radha, searching for that that Bhava. So Krishna, the Vishnu in him killed. Krishna says, Paritanaya sadhanum vinashaya I come to the world to destroy the miscreants and protect the devotees. It means the byproduct of his protecting the sadukas. It does away with the demons. And with regard to the devotees, he also comes because of the desire of the devotees in Golok, Like Mother Yudasota desires to see him as actually born as her son. That can only be done on earth. So he comes for that purpose. Krishna means is moved only by his devotees. Their love is what fuels his whole, all of his movement, his leela. So, Vishnu killed Putana. She left, but her real form came out and... Uh, she fell on the ground and so forth. Krishna was safe. The ladies came and collected him up. the Maharaj came and saw that, that uh, hypocritical lady it was her real form, her body. Oh, but because Krishna sucked her life air out, he made her fragrant also. So when they burned the body, it was fragrant. Uh, and one of the principal points of this Leela, you see, is that in connection with Krishna, only good things happen. bad things turn into good things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no better example in one sense in this Putana Lila, because she got a position as a nursemaid of Krishna in Goloka Vrindavan. There is nothing more insidious than a mother coming to give a breast to an infant and smearing poison on the breast. You could read it and you know, it would be on CNN. Mother.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Smears poison
0: on the breast, kills her infant. This would be like oh, so many horrible things like that. But this is this, these extremes are there in the leela. You see, the leela is real; it's a leela, but it, it's all making points to us. Our position is such: we should hear the leela in such a way as to draw philosophical points from it that are relative to us for our practice, such that by practice we we'll actually enter into that. And then the points won't be significant or of much of any importance to us. They're there, that knowledge, that insight is the foundation, the canvas on which the art of Krishna Leela is, is drawn. So we'll have to imbibe that in such a way as to, as I say, fuel our practice to go there. So we should listen in this way about all these things. So he killed Putana. And Uddhava made this example. He said, Aho Bhakiyamstanakalakutam, and Udava why he's talking Guru was the most learned devotee in Krishna Lila he was Krishna's advisor in Dwarka, and he studied this Leela, and this is what he concluded wow he said who in their right mind would take shelter of anybody else here is a person a god whom a lady approached when he was in his embassy with the desire to poison him and what happened by his grace, she attained Bhatsalya Rasa, to become like an eternal mother of Krishna. Inconceivable. You know how hard that is, how high that is? The contrast between. This is Krishna, you see. Who, in their right mind, Uddhava said, would take shelter of anybody else? Thinking about this, how much we should take shelter of Krishna. And thinking about this, we should also think about so many hypocritical people that we may have met in devotional dress and had been under the influence of, or the administration of, and whom we may bear a grudge to, and so forth. Give that up. Don't think like that. Rectify the situation, yes, but this is all extension of the lila. You know, once we sat, I sat with uh, Srila Sridhar Maharaj in early times when there was so much commotion after the Prophet's disappearance, and there were some people who appeared to be hypocritical in some respects, in, in leadership positions and so forth. And we asked how to think about it. He was so generous and kind in his thinking, so broad and accommodating. And uh, he told us, you know, you have to think like this. It is, the, it is the leela of your Guru Maharaj, just like in our Guru Maharaj's leela. Then there were so many problems. But they were all his eternal associates. I think of them like that. This Maharaj, that Maharaj... But sometimes they, had, they were moved to play a certain particular role which seemed unfavorable, to bring out something, to bring out, to teach something, to bring something new to light. You see, Putina, as I said, she could have never really got there if it weren't for Yogamaya's arrangement. No matter how well she dressed herself, they were on guard. Yogamaya allowed her to come, allowed it to happen. It was under her direction for a greater purpose so all we should try to think in this way this is the spiritual perspective how to think of it so you, I ask you please think about me like that all of you who haven't seen me for many years oh for some reason I was uh, I had to separate my force of circumstance from Prabhupada's mission it was the rule at the time it might still be in some respects so I had to do that but maybe there was some purpose in that and if you think kindly of me, I think that will be Krishna consciousness. And of anyone, and and I may have treated you roughly by forcing you to go out on book distribution, some of you, at some time also, so you please forgive me for that. But um, Krishna is mystical, and he has many things that he wants to accomplish through his devotees And our business is to surrender to him and be moved accordingly. With all of our sincerity, If what it seems to be saying is you have to go here now, then I never thought like that. I would ever leave this gone. I never thought like that for a moment. But with all my sincerity, I thought, I guess this is what it means now. I have to go in this way. And so nobody so much understood. In those days it was thought, oh, he left Prabhupada. He rejected Prabhupada. But it wasn't the case. It was a dynamic understanding of of Prabhupada and the principle of Guru that I was Under the influence of. So, anyway, in a general sense, we should have generous dealings with one another. This is Krishna consciousness. Generous dealings with one another. And like I said earlier tonight, Joe, he's not here now. He said, I really like your Sangha, the Internet Sangha, where you answer all those questions. I've been reading it for some time. He said, I only had one thing I disagreed with. And he didn't volunteer what it was, but I told him, it's okay to disagree. I don't mind it. It's all right. You may be wrong, but if you want to disagree, <laughs> no. we can talk about it. <laughs> but it's okay to disagree. That's all right. There's all right for some difference of opinion. We should know that this is... Krishna is like a valuable jewel. You can turn one way, another way, another facet, another... And Prabhupada is the same way. Hmm? We should not beat one another over the head to say what it means to follow Prabhupada, that we have to follow him and see him as I saw him. I have my own eyes to see, my own heart, and if my seeing or your seeing... Within the, within the parameters of what we call Krishna Consciousness, and it can be supported by that. And that's beautiful, that difference. That's another facet, another aspect. I, in one sense, bring to you humbly, by invitation only, that uh, also another side of Prabhupada to some extent, his love for Sridhar Maharaj. That will come out through me sometimes. Sometimes I will quote Prabhupada or Sridhar Maharaj, they had a great influence on me, both of them, in different ways. That's just what I am. That's how I came to be. That's I didn't look for that. It just came to me in that way. So, what to do? That's my r- reality. If it's spiritual, that's I think I can represent that. And uh, theoretically, you examine for yourself and and determine. But that is the side of Prabhupada. You know, Prabhupada wanted to bring Sri all over the world too. So, through some of his disciples, that that happened. Doesn't mean it. For the, for the sake of overshadowing Prabhupada by any means, Sridhar commented on it and he said, Yes, Swami Marj, he wanted me to make some technical adjustments here and there, a few little things here and there, if, if need be. So if, you, if, if need be, you can call on me. Otherwise, I'll be in the background, which was his nature, always to be in the background. We used to think, I see that is his fault, he didn't come out, it's, but it's a good quality, actually, to want to be in the background not to be in the forefront. We've seen so many people want to be in the forefront when they may not be qualified. So, in any way, in a general sense, we should we should be hard on ourselves. We should be very hard on ourselves and we should be generous with others. And we learned something about that from this Bhutanalila. So, I talked for longer than I wanted to now. Please forgive me. Does anyone have any question?
1: Can you explain the being hard on yourself. Sometimes there's a number of devotees in this room, I'm sure, who are trying to be compassionate to
0: yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a psychologist, you and your wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I won't uh, disagree with you that that's a good idea too. I understand that, yeah. We shouldn't be hard on ourselves in a, in a psychologically dysfunctional way. But um, we should be we should be hard on ourselves in terms of our thinking about our advancement in Krishna consciousness. Hmm. We should think, I'm not very advanced. That doesn't mean you become psychologically dysfunctional. Hmm. And you should have self-esteem in, in a spiritual sense and in, in a normal sense too. <laughs> but you should be proud to be a member of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, however small. Hmm. You should be proud I'm a member of this, this tradition but I'm nowhere in it <laughs> at the same time. But I'm in it. So I'm somewhere. I'm, I'm in it. So I'm connected. Hmm. Actually, I'm connected. We may be in this, our lineage, the Gaudiya Saraswat lineage coming from Bhaktivinoda, Bhaktisthamsa Svitakura, Prabhupada, such uh, prominent representatives, very good connection. So, yeah, psychologically, then we should be kind on ourselves kind to ourselves not cruel to ourselves, that we become psychologically dysfunctional. That's not what Mahaprabhu meant when he said to be humble, humble before God. Another question? Comment? Yeah.
1: Just, Maharaj, when we assess, in a person assessing their advancement, um, in the beginning, very often times we think we're very advanced. It's kind of, you know, the the nature of, of, of... Things. What's that called?
0: Utsamai. Utsamai. Huh. Yeah.
1: So they have you know, so so it's hard sometimes you know, to assess our advancement. If we think we're not very advanced, well that may be true or that may not be true. If we think we're advanced, that may not be true, that may be true. <laughs> so it's I mean it just seems that as we do advance we actually
0: think we're not advanced. Once um one of my god-brothers asked Shilashidhar Marsh because he used to always say that spiritual life is uh, measured by negatively. In other words, those who think they don't have, they have. Hmm. Those who think they have, <coughs> Upanishad said that, one who thinks he knows Brahman does not know Brahman. One who says, I don't know Brahman, he knows Brahman. Hmm. Such is the nature of the topic. Hmm. I'll tell you, I'll finish that story, remind me to, but let me tell you another one that comes to mind about Bhagavatam, how Brahman is Bhagavatam, the heart of Brahman. Mm-hmm. Nice story. There was a fellow in the brudge. His father sent to Benares to get an education. He went to Benares. he got an education, he came back. His father said, did you get an education? He said, yes. His father said, what did you study? I studied this book, this book, this book, this book. He said, you did not study the Bhagavatam? He said, no. What book is that? He said, oh, you did not get an education. Go back to Benares, study the Bhagavatam. He went to Benares, he studied the Bhagavatam. When he came back, his father said, so did you study the Bhagavatam? He said, yes. He so said, now I know why you told me. Huh? The education, you don't have an Education without studying the Bhagavatam. This is better than all the books. He said, so did you understand? He said, yes. He said, better go back to Banaris and study the Bhagavatam. (laughs) So he went back to Banaris and he studied the Bhagavatam. Then he came back and his father said, so did you study the Bhagavatam a second time? He said, yes, now I understand why you told me to study the Bhagavatam a second time. It is so deep, so much more I got from the second time. Now I've understood it. He said, you have. Go back to Benares and study the Bhagavatam again. Hmm. So then he went and studied a third time, and he came back, Vrindavan's father said, so did you study Bhagavatam a third time? He said, yes. Do you underst- did you understand it? He said, no. He said, now you've understood Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm. <laughs> so, if we think we know, then we may be suspect. So the devotee said, well, you're always saying this, Guru Maharaj, and he said, but what if you feel you really don't, you know, you really aren't advanced,
1: <laughs> that you
0: really aren't. And then Sridhar Maharaj just said, really, you feel that way? You really feel that way? That's how he replied, oh, very good. <laughs> So, so, yes, that's that's actually the fact. If we, if we make progress in Krishna consciousness, also, as we make progress, we'll feel it's not by my effort that I progressed, but by grace. Because whatever little bit we get of real experience, it so far outweighs anything we've done to get that. We may think, oh, I've got to get enthusiastic, restart my life, and chant better pray and so forth and we may get a little experience but it so much outweighs whatever we've done so really because it's coming by mercy not that we shouldn't endeavor but without mercy endeavor will not be sufficient just like if you walk in the forest and you fall into an old well empty well how will you get out you have to call someone help help so someone comes and throws a rope to you they say hold on to the rope and i'll pull you up so when that person pulls you up to get to the top, you don't say, Wow, I held that rope pretty good, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> no. We just think, You saved me. It's in, it's of no, we have no sense that I was holding under the rope. Or so our progress is dependent upon the mercy of Guru and Krishna, and that's dependent upon our practicing. Hmm? And, uh, yeah, it's a funny, you know, it's a funny religion. Those who don't have think they don't have, they have. Those who think they have, they don't have. We're full of things like that. It's just uh, it's the nature it's of like our that, um, our tradition.
1: When Krishna asked Duryodhana to go and find a person better than himself, mm. and he told you, go find a person lower than yourself, Duryodhana comes back and he couldn't find anyone better than himself. And you just here comes and you couldn't, couldn't find, find anyone, anyone
0: lower. lower than <laughs> because if we really, as Shyamala said, really, you really feel like that, if you really feel that you're nowhere, hmm? you see, then you're getting closer to yourself. You're, you're fine, we're finite. We're finite. We are approaching the infinite. We're, if we, the closer we get, the more we realize how finite we are. Mm. What is infinite? What is finite? Mm. Hmm? So if, if we really feel. I'm not making any progress. That, that's just like, uh, you know, if you really, truly understand your problem, then that's the beginning of the solution, right? Of course, the other side is there. One of my God with said, to Shri Ramach, I feel like I'm making no progress. He said, no progress? You have human life. Jalaja, Navala, There are so many species of life. You've come to human life. And you have the shelter of Guru? So much progress you've made mm-hmm. 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 as this new John Mars used to say and I quoted it earlier the distance we have gone in our material sojourn to arrive at the feet of our guru is far greater than the distance we have to go from here mm-hmm. to the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. question someone else then? yes
1: tired of being a hypocrite this is what I can honestly do it can be uh, almost like a double edged sword you know demoralizing this is I can't pretend anymore I can't pretend I'm going to chant this many rounds follow this that I
0: don't really feel Mm-hmm. then you should do what you feel Mm -hmm. it must be something to do with Krishna consciousness you came here do that, you know. It's a long and, as I said, the kind of winding road. So it's like if you want to reach Mount Everest, it's the tallest peak. Hmm? So when you go there, it will look like this, because you have to go through so many foothills, right? So sometimes it will look like you're going down, but from a broader perspective, who has that broader perspective? The Guru, the Tadu. See, everything's all right. And the thing that's important is if you can find some good company, a sadhu, who you have, feel some affection coming from and some, some uh, knowledge and understanding, try to keep in that company, c- connected with that person in some way. That, uh, try to think that, that such a person of consequence cares about me. And if your Gurudev has passed from the world, then you try to find someone like that. Mm-hmm. who likes your Dave? Who, who represents your Gurudev, who, who, who inspires you, try to keep that company and keep in touch with that, that person and think that, that I want that person that will think about my life and give it uh, some meaning, something like that. Uh, we all want that. And, and, so, and that's available, too. It is possible to have. So then that person will see your situation in, in a generous way. You may have made certain commitments to your Gurudev and certain circumstances and so forth. You know, like take Prabhupada, for example. I'll give you a nice story about Prabhupada. Malati Devi told me this recently. She came to visit me. Um, and uh, she was telling me uh, some of the early days of her experience with Prabhupada in San Francisco and how they got the Jagannath uh, deity. She stole the Jagannath deity, actually, from a from the store and showed it to Prabhupada a little one and Prabhupada asked Shamsuna if he could carve a large one about this high, and, and Prabhupada said this high. <laughs> this is the way the devotees responded. So they got a taint measure, exactly that
1: high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good quality in one sense on our part. We wanted to do it exactly the same way, but then we tend to take, have a literalist, kind of literalist understanding of everything and we end up sometimes with just the words without the meaning behind them. We say, this is what Prabhupada said, but we don't know what he meant. Hmm? We don't have a dynamic understanding of it. We don't know that's what he said then. This is what he means for now. Hmm? Hmm? They have the boldness to do that, the insight to do that, the, the realization to do that. That's what preaching is about. So, anyway, they began to carve. Shamsundar began to carve in his apartment. And So, one day, out of the blue, Prabhupada decided to come and see how the progress was. He knocked on the door and they opened and there's Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, I came to see the progress. Maldi opened the door and there's Jagannath carved and on his head is a pack of cigarettes. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: very embarrassing. <laughs> so Prabhupada could see their embarrassment and then he said, "He said, yes, this smoking is very difficult to give up. <laughs> very difficult. Mm-hmm. And then he said, um, "But you, you shouldn't let a small piece of cigarette like that get in the way of, of loving Krishna." Mm-hmm. He said, "So you smoke one less every day until it's finished." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were smoking two, three days, then smoke three days, smoke two a day, and then one less every day until it's finished. He didn't say you broke the rules. You're out. It's finished. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the rules are there and they're important they will help us but it's to be expected that it's to be expected to be honest with you that everyone may not follow at all times hmm? mm-hmm. who's involved in this business in this kind of service from, from my side uh, it's a given I can tell you we can expect that that may happen so how you deal with that you adjust it and if you find no one can follow the rules you want to change some of those rules too because there's a principle that's in, it's involved it's not about just the rules. You see, the love of Krishna is going on. It's, called, it's being cultivated even when we don't follow the rules if we chant Hare Krishna. if we even think about Krishna consciousness and aspire for it and wish we could be Krishna conscious. This is the nature of Bhakti. See, she's independent. She can go anywhere, any circumstance, and have effect. So we shouldn't kill the generosity of Bhakti that's why we can't complain sometimes about all those crazy people that join the Hare Krishna movement because she is generous. <laughs> <laughs> what can be done? <laughs> so, uh, so she's generous with us too. And, and someone who has bhakti in their heart, at least the Madhya Madhikari, it will be a generous person. And so we should keep the company of such persons or find such a person and, and they will deal with you generously. And they say, all right, so you don't feel that? Huh? Then what do you feel? do that. And then when you hear that you'll be so encouraged and you might think maybe I feel about other things too oh, they're also good yeah, I should, I should do that. Now some of us you know we're older and we have we have a good mind with an intelligence that's uh it's tempered by experience, worldly experience, just time, age and so forth. And we're able to think about what we got involved in when we were we were kids and couldn't think in the same way. And so some of the things we accepted, as if Prabhupada answered every argument and defeated every philosopher, we realized, well, you know, every philosophy has its limitations. Gaudi-Vaishnamism is no exception. We accept its perfect logic in one sense because we're psychologically disposed towards it, having sukriti for bhakti. But, as I said earlier, uh, the experience of Krishna consciousness, you can never talk about it accurately. Words don't, uh, aren't adequate to describe that you have to go there so when we talk about it with words even the words of Jiva Goswami Sanatana Goswami our Prabhupada and so forth uh, they have their they have their limitations it's not that they're limited but um, the whole philosophy is kind of like I said an outline to the book of life so now in time we, we think about it and with more mature minds and experience and other manifestations of what we got involved in in a particular sector institution are there and about and you can have to cross-reference that and and, uh, and just you know just the idea I mean that uh, somebody became a witch and flew in and you know then was 12 miles long and fell on the you know you have to think about it under the influence of Prabhupada you just go yeah
1: <laughs> it happened,
0: and you wonder why the people, you know. <laughs> now you wonder, well, do I believe that that there was a witch and she was twelve miles away? You see, you have to think about these things. But if you think about it in good company, oh, you find good support for it. Actually, mm-hmm. see the whole of Krishna Lila. The theology tells us that the Krishna Lila is conducted under the influence of the Swarup Shakti of Krishna. Internal energy of Krishna, that it appears in the world, Krishna Lila, under that influence, if we study that influence, we know oh it magical things happen in love, you see hmm? love is magic in love, faults become ornaments, reason is transcended, and it 's happy, after all, the reasonable life is not necessarily a happy life; it can be a very dry life. Hmm? <laughs> So what do we want? A doctrine of knowledge or do we want a doctrine of love? We want a doctrine of love. That's Krishna consciousness. In love, everything's possible. What is the language of our shastras? Bhagavatam is our main shastra. It's poetry. It's a shastra. It's all poetry. This is the language of love. In poetry, you can do anything. In prose, you can't. In poetry, the moon can have wings and fly out of the ocean. (laughs) Across the sky. Hmm? So that experience... Of the great body of mystics, they speak about it in poetic language, and, and and it is their experience, It's their actual experience, in a land of love, which we have little experience of, only the reflection of. Hmm? What's said to be sane in this world is to be rational and, and, and reasonable, but it doesn't take you out of the world. Reason can uh, can completely uh, cover the soul. So we're cautioned that we should be reasonable but that reason has its limits and simply to be reasonable one doesn't mean to be happy we've met happy people like Prabhupada was a happy person we were attracted to that so when Krishna Lila comes to the world it comes under the influence of his internal energy this is this is our theology and under the influence of that internal energy then wonderful things can happen he can come to the world, and, like at Bhagavad Gita. He can be involved in the battle. What is it? 640 million people can die in 18 days. And if you go and study the tract of land at Kurukshetra, you know, 640,000 people couldn't fit there maybe. And then, so how is it possible? There's no trace of it. There's no, you know, memorial, 640 people, in <laughs> Battle of Kurukshetra. It's more people than all the modern wars combined that died. So did it happen? We say, yes and no. It happened within the context of Krishna-lila. If we accept that Krishna has lila, God has a lila, that there's a plane of, of reality that we call Krishna-lila, it's the full face of the Absolute, the heart of the Absolute. If reality has a heart, we say, that's Krishna. That's what we mean by Krishna. Even the way he's envisioned, not that he d- doesn't appear like that, but he does, how he appears, and he's envisioned by the mystics, all represents just like the beauty of youth. Everyone likes a puppy, a kitten, a child. Youth is attractive. It captures our heart. If the absolute, if reality has a heart, you see, reality is a person. It's not us. We think it is. I'm a reality. In my world, of my mind, in my person, I look at everything from that perspective. Is it so hard to think reality is a person? We act like that anyway. But we just make the mistake that that person is me. Hmm? I'm the center. I live in a small world of my mind. It's not even comfortable for me, but I expect everybody else to live inside of it. <laughs> and no complaints. <laughs> is, this, is this reasonable? No. So you have to be rational. Displace that then. Hmm? That world of your mind and the world of you, which is just your desires born in the mind based on sensual input, that's a myth. Hmm? That's a mythology. And what is the myth of Krishna Leela? has the power to dethrone the empire of the, of the mind. So what? what is real? Do you follow? If that myth so-called of Krishna-lila, can conquer the empire of our mind, which is so fortified. What is the power of that? What is real then? What possibilities are there? When Krishna-lila comes to earth, all those things happen, and you can experience it in your heart hmm? by following this, the means to enter there. And it's not by the brain that you will enter there. <laughs> it's by, by changing your heart. That's how you'll enter there. Is that a good idea to change your heart? Is that reasonable? In the world of our mind, we, are, we live on the take. In other words, to maintain your sense of being, person, reality, individuality, you have to take from others. You have to kill to live. And everybody is involved in this. We, are, we have to kill to live. And what Bhagavad Gita teaches us is that you have to die to that killing in order to live on another plane, a plane of giving, a plane of love. and there, all wonderful things happen. There, as I said earlier, talking is singing, the walking is dancing, and what must be the singing and what must be the dancing there? All possibility. When Krishna Lila comes, everything happens, and there's no trace of it at the same time. You can't find it out with your instruments. Examine it with your microscope. Maybe some particle here or there you may. And we may try to do like that because we need, we need, to, we need to convince people in some way or ourselves by standards that I really have no relevance. Standards in the, la- in the mythic world of our mind. That this makes sense, that this is viable. That, and this is the, the very basis of prophets' emphasis also. Displace the, the world of your mind. Think about that. Is that reasonable then? How much have you done that? There's like one time, one of Prabhup- one person, I don't know if he ever became a disciple of Prabhupada, but at that time he wasn't initiated. He had read the Krishna book. And so he had the darshan of Prabhupada, and, and he said, Prabhupada, I've read your Krishna book. And Prabhupada said, oh, what did you think? He said, I think it is a bit fantastic. <laughs> and Prabhupada said, I think you are a bit fantastic. <laughs> To think that everything has to conform to your realm of experience <laughs> and when the very thing that you think has to conform to your experience appears within the realm of your experience for the purpose of taking you beyond it hmm? So the mind and reasoning wants to make take the life out of spirituality like a vulture our mind is always looking to make things dead like itself hmm? on its own terms Another disciple of Prabhupada once questioned Prabhupada and said, "You know, Prabhupada, I read the Krishna Book, and in Vrindavan, it's mentioned that Nanda Marsh had nine hundred thousand cows. It's also mentioned that the Vrindavan is so many miles square. And I've done the, you know, I've done the math. Okay,
1: get to reality here. I've done the math." <laughs> A 900 cows won't fit there.
0: (laughs) And Prabhupada said, you think too much. (laughs)
1: Hmm?
0: Or you read too much. You read too much into what's what's being said there. Mm -hmm. Reading is supposed to stop us from thinking. Mm -hmm. That's what it's for, actually. Chanting about Krishna, hearing about Krishna, is meant to stop our mind so that we can actually know what possibilities there are beyond the limits of the mind. That's the purpose of it. So, anyway, you keep good company. We'll encourage you in Krishna consciousness. I encourage you to use your reasoning. I accept. If you don't believe it, then don't do it. Hmm? Whether you should believe it or not, then maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but have some discussion. And what you do believe and what you do feel good about Krishna consciousness, then do that. Do that sincerely. And try to keep good company. And Prabhupada will be pleased with you. And even if it looks like you're going down... That one foot, you're actually going up. If you keep keep good company, Any other question,
1: she's married. i married to my good company.
0: Oh, you have good company. Well, she's in such trouble.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where did you two meet? Uh, your old friend Roma sure had something into it, actually. He he was involved. Yeah. So you were in Denver, and you were in L.A. Yeah. Uh huh. You're part of that big zone. <laughs> interesting
1: when you. Mm-hmm. to actually see myself that I, I actually
0: have nothing and, and to actually cry at that point. That's, that's right, like because that Krishna consciousness is about crying. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. That is the sadhana, really. Prabhupada was asked about yoga. Prabhupada said, yoga? We just cry. Oh, my dear Krishna, please help me. That's all? That's yoga. <laughs> hmm? mm-hmm. That is real yoga. You have to cry. You, and You have to cry because you can't cry. Prabhupada said, "Chant and be happy." And I say, "Chant and be happy. Be unhappy is the goal." Hmm?
1: <laughs>
0: Chant and be unhappy, like Mahabhu was unhappy, hmm? <laughs> crying, crying, crying. Hmm? We can't cry like that, but we should cry that we can't cry like that. Hmm? Hmm. Then we become happy. Tears of joy will come. So yes, that's how we should. Uh, that's how we should think. Marjitani said it's like uh, nectar and poison at the same time. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Krishna consciousness looks like poison on the outside. That's another thing. What's that verse? Vitarayanandamoye. Krishna prema adbhutta charita. The wonderful adbhutta charit, the wonderful characteristic of Krishna prema is that it looks like poison on the outside but on the inside. It's sanam damai, it's full of joy. And material life looks like joy on the outside, but inside it looks, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) We know that, so Krishna consciousness must be the opposite. (laughs) Hmm? Anything else? We have talked for a long time, huh? No. No, (laughs) No,
1: we're just now starting. Just now starting. (laughs) Know, talking, right? Yes, you and know that she's o'clock. enjoying it. And it's going to bed
0: at 8 o'clock, she's enlightened. So.
1: Everyone's already had prashad? Yes, yes. that's yes. why we did it. Did I you have
0: prashad? So. Yeah, I yes. had something. We
1: have some, some dessert.
0: So why don't you serve that out now and take we take some yep, some, you, some you break. And problem. Problem. <laughs> okay, why don't we do this? You take a little dessert, come back, and we sit casually and we can talk more, all right? sila Prabhupada ki jai, yeah. bhakti ki jai. Yeah.